I came in here earlier and I thought, whoa, who are these people I'm meeting with? <laughs> They've sent me to a space with a scary, massive snail. So the, the, the piece you see are from different artists. So the, these one here, Robbie, uh, uh, from uh, or 3D artist in residence, Pablo, having a lot of fun with 3D scans and then bring this here. So is this a scan of a real snail thing? No, yeah, no, the, the, I think the snail is a bit of a different, but that, that down there is a potato. <laughs> this is a potato. Oh, of this course is, it's a potato. And actually you can grab it. Hello world, this is SpartaCast. Hello and welcome to SpartyCast. I'm Dr. Robbie Rutan, your host and director of the Sparty Lab here at Michigan State University. I am an academic, a stodgy, boring researcher, and today I branch out into a new virtual social world, hanging with some industry professionals, Sonia Sarasen and Dr. Pierre Girard. They are founders of Upworlds and Medichu, respectively, and they talk to me about their endeavors to support the community of metaverse developers and users. Upworlds provides a platform for developers to develop skills, not just spaces, uh, to learn, for example, how to develop across platforms, not just VR chat, but also Mozilla hubs, also Altspace, wherever uh, you can imagine people spending time virtually, you need resources, you need, uh, virtual resources, assets, spaces, rooms, and Upworlds helps these developers not just create these things, but also monetize their creations through a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace. They also offer special events in virtual worlds. You can rent virtual worlds or commission new virtual worlds to be created through Upworlds. So Sonia talks a bit about her, her business and, and the model and the vision there. Um, Pierre talks about Metashoe, which is a design studio. They also host events which are oriented toward education, like their design office hours. And that seems to focus largely on architectural understanding, you know, just having a degree or the, the skills to develop digital games or even virtual objects is not necessarily enough to think really about the user experience in a virtual world. So that's what MetaShoe is trying to help promote. Um, they also host exhibits in their virtual spaces, live performances, art exhibits. We go into one of their virtual spaces. It really was art because it really did make me feel strange and tingly. And I, I not not simulator sickness at all. I, I don't get nauseous in VR usually, um, but but the art itself. It was cool, you're there with it. So uh, if you can watch this episode instead of just listening, I hope you can. If you can jump into um, a VR headset and, and check it out, let me know. I'll, I'll get you a link, shoot, shoot me a tweet and you'll, you'll get to see the killer snail right up close for yourself. In addition to talking about what their companies are doing, we also just talked about the history and the definition of the metaverse, the understanding of um, the importance of user-centered design in virtual spaces and access to art and culture in the metaverse. And, and then of course, avatars. I bring up avatars and NFTs. You know, it's, it's always got to come back to avatars with me. And I'm also really interested personally in NFTs because that seems to be a wild 
space of potential um, economic growth, but also maybe a lot of hype. So hearing it from these people who are actually there at the, at the front lines of virtual art development or, or other virtual item development that, that could be owned and transferred and used in kind of economic activity. Um, that's super exciting to me, and I hope it's exciting to you. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Sonia Sararson and Dr. Pierre Girard. You are my, my metaverse connection here on SpartyCast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having us here today. Yes, Great. Thank you very much. Really, uh, really exciting to have this conversation with you guys. Yeah, yeah. So you are in the industry of the metaverse. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. As uh, Pierre, you recently mentioned, you notice we have a lot of academics, people with doctor in their name, you know, PhDs. You have a PhD, but you're uh, working in the industry. So you, you get to use the title. But unlike sitting in academia and studying these things, Sonia, you're facilitating the development of the metaverse through Upworlds. Pierre, you're building it yourself. So I'm really excited to learn about what's happening at the forefront of this technology. So yeah, to tell me, give me the, the elevator story of uh, Upworlds, please, Sonia. Sure. So um, we started Upworlds about uh, 10 months ago, back at the end of uh, 2020. And so Upworlds is a, like a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace for metaverse builders that supports their future usage of creations. Um, our mission's here to support like a couple of pillars. Uh, one is that we want to establish the virtual presence for these creators. The second one that we want, uh, we want them to build like a sustainable future. So support like the monetization system inside uh, this new technology. And the last one is for these people to also support each other through education that eventually will lead others to follow their path into world buildings. And uh, what is MetaShoe? Am I saying that right? Uh, that's yeah, it's an interesting one. I think there is different pronunciation. With I would say MetaXu with Meta a more more accent on the on the X. Um, but yeah, MetaXu. But maybe I'll just give a little bit because you mentioned about my 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 academic uh, title, just to give some background to to what MetaXu Studio is. Uh, I did my PhD in computer science in Goldsmiths here in um, uh, in London, um, but really not really so much from a programmer, uh, uh, but more from a design approach. So my background is actually in architecture, and I study architecture, and I work mostly as a 3D visualizer, producing a lot of 3D models for all sort of real uh, type of architecture and project. But uh, I was always a bit frustrated by having to use all these, these tools of 3D software and even real time to create image for buildings that in somehow mostly are not always very interesting. <laughs> um, so I went on to do that, that research really to dive into the virtual architecture and see what actually we can do in this virtual world that is gonna be used by uh, people online with the avatar and, and, and really taking all the the history and the, the language of architecture, the tool of the architect to understand how we can create those virtual worlds in a meaningful way and understand also what are the effects of those virtual worlds on people's behavior when they are 
completing cognitive tasks in VR. Uh, so it was more from a, a learning perspective and an educational perspective, really, how we can create these virtual worlds that are helping people to complete the task they have to complete. It can be communication or it can be learning some skills. Um, so that was the study. Obviously, uh, I think we, everybody knows that there is a lot of application of uh, business application for training and simulation of VR. But then we decided, okay, more or less at the same time as Sonia 10 months ago to say, okay, now we're going to focus on our own uh, thing, which is the metaverse and more the online uh, presence and the, the, the social presence, use of, of VR. And so we, we, we start this uh, design studio uh, where we mostly for the last uh, 10 months, every month we uh, run an event to the, the purpose of the event was to support the conversation about virtual architecture and to testing virtual architecture with people and have a, the conversations going on. And so we actually, we have the eighth iteration of that uh, next week. Uh, and then we start to work with artists and, and performer to see how we can bring all this to live. And, and but then obviously that's where we, I met with, with Sonia and uh, and we realized, okay, we, we can have this conversation with the people we know, but actually Sonia came up saying, oh, I have all these people that are asking so many questions about how can we take part in the metaverse? How can we build this? And we don't have the tool. And so I said, okay, maybe we can take the conversation to her uh, Discord server and, and then try to bring that conversation to life and, and share all my architecture skills uh, and my co-founder as well, who's an architect to, to, uh, to yeah, to a, a a broader community. So you're both entrepreneurs. You both have a passion about uh, contributing to the future of the metaverse. And then you met at a metaverse oriented event and moved the conversation to Discord. I've, I've heard an argument that Discord is the closest thing we have to a functional metaverse. Um, despite <laughs> the fact that it's not really a virtual world per se, um, it's a an interconnected network of easily traversable spaces. So the, the metaphor for the metaverse is there and as it becomes increasingly virtual. So you are, you're, you're living the reality that uh, you want to build virtually. Definitely, I know, yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean I'm, so, so yeah, yeah, take on that one, I mean. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I, um, I, I did go ahead and went to that event and uh, bump into Pierre. Uh, he was presenting about like the immersive uh, architecture that he was building. I thought that, that was pretty interesting. And a lot of the people that we onboard in uh, in Apples has been um, asking a lot of this question, like, "Hey, where can I learn? And what what can I do? Uh, like, how do I start? You know?" And like, I, I have a background of a like a two D design. I'm a, I was a product designer but um, I'm not an architect. My, my co-founder though, like he's also an architect, but like he's also like, um, I, I, I think like he's, uh, he's pretty young. So we need someone who's like more experienced. So when I met Pierre and then we started talking, we, uh, we kind of have like, a, like an immediate connection that, oh, we, we support the same thing. And so why don't we just like uh, move this forward um, and do this together? So that's that's how uh, the whole idea of design office hours was born in in Apples. Because obviously, as as a design studio, we can do as much as we can on the on the business development and how we can you know it takes a lot of time to find people that are actually interested by 
using virtual world um, and so we said okay let's let's really help each other and support each other in that and 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 um, so that's how we, we came up to try to collaborate on the building this together. I think that's really what the community needs is, is more conversation and, and more getting together to see how we can build this together. How big is this community? I mean, the, the term metaverse is obviously being used globally. There's a lot of excitement there. It's been around for a long time, um, but suddenly people are really focused on this. So uh, of course there've been people building virtual assets and virtual worlds for decades as well, but now, if we if we just call it a metaverse community how big is it and and what's happening with it yeah because uh, it's really interesting the i mean it's it's a good question but it's so difficult to to answer but if you if you go back in time before we, we even didn't use the term metaverse isn't it we we were actually the first if you look back in the 70s they were already uh, with the first computers they were called muds and they were the text based online um, multi-user world and so people were were using text and and were getting building these world with worlds <laughs> and they were interacting on those texts there is also those books where you know you you can choose your own path and things like that so and then and then in in the 90s with a bit more um graphics in the computer they, they became those mmorpgs uh, which is massively multiplayers online role-playing games and those in the 90s were already gathering thousands and thousands, even some millions of people. So the, 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 one of the, the game was called Real, uh, which launched in 96. Um, so those were, in a sense, already metaverse. And then obviously in the 90s, we didn't use the word metaverse. We were using the, the term cyberspace, who was coined by uh, William Gibson in the Neuromancer. Uh, with actually a, a lovely definition, which is a consensual hallucination experienced daily by billions of legitimate operators in every nation. Um, so that gives you a good definition of what it is. And yeah, it was, I think, already the community through those MMORPG was pretty vast. Now, if we look 30 years later, well, change the world, it's metaverse. Maybe it's not one metaverse, it's a multitude of metaverse. Uh, and maybe, you know, you have Fortnite, which is one, um, we, we're building our own worlds. And so maybe we can look into all the different metaverse there is and see how many users they are uh, and do the sum of all that to see how many people are actually using them. So hold um, on, um, this is a question that, that I think is an important philosophical point and maybe just semantics at the end of the, the conversation. Um, to me, a metaverse has to be huge. It has to incorporate uh, a multitude of virtual worlds. But if we say there are, are many metaverses, then it starts to become synonymous with virtual worlds, at which point the term becomes useless, right? To me, the metaverse is um, just as easy as the World Wide Web to navigate, right? I don't have to install a whole new piece of software that takes me 30 minutes to just set up to get into a different virtual world i can i can go to my metaverse browser the same way that i go to my uh, my web browser now and and of course the metaverse browser might be the web browser mozilla seems to be on that on that um tip but go go on pierre or sonia yeah, how do you I, feel about that yeah i would agree on that i don't have much to to say i would agree that that's the metaverse mm -hmm. and then in there there is multiple virtual worlds um but yes yeah, so, sonia maybe you have a different take on on that well um 
I think it's more it's it's very interesting when you say that metaverse is like um like www and I feel that one of the reason one of the vision that we see in Upwolves is that uh, we would want people to come into Upwolves and see the Silk Road of all the virtual worlds that is being built by the by creators, all the virtual worlds that people can use within the metaverse and they can find it like from there and they can just reuse it immediately instead of being tucked inside like different platform altogether. And so for me, that is metaverse. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But will Upworlds be connected to Minecraft one day? Maybe. And that that would feel to me Pass. more. <laughs> <laughs> or um, or any any of these virtual spaces, right? There's with increasing operability, I think that we're moving eventually toward a singular metaverse, or at least maybe two: the Apple and the Google metaverse. Or <laughs> of course. Uh, no, no, I, I agree. I mean the on the, the operability is quite another keyword these days. Um, I think there is obviously this vast issue of operability and, and technology, but I think from where, we, where we're where coming here with Upwells and Metaxi Studio is really try to take our distance from the technology and the platform and really thinking, okay, what we need is now design proper immersive experience and, and, and content and for that, we need to think about design and 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 special design, even and and, and user experience, and, and so that's more this this community that we are trying to address, and also coming with principles to design successful experience. That's that's a great segue in, into the next question of how are you supporting um, this education for the community? Well, um, I think like. In, in terms of like Apples is focusing more on supporting the builder's longevity. Uh, Metax Shoe Studio is actually supporting them by sharing how to build specially using, using like 3D UX, um, like how to build like proper architecture. And also I think something that, um, this is a very early technology. I wouldn't say early, but like it's moving slowly. And a lot of this thing are, we just had this very interesting conversation about like all of this uh, walls or like platform are like a uh, coder centric, developer centric. And while immersive is, is a very experience centric, like those are the things that is still developing at that point. And being able to um, help people to like to, to direct them on like how to build nicely would eventually lead to adoption. We believe that more people who get it into the headset and they uh, we can help to even minimize like 1% even or like 0.1% of like any sickness because of because that less of um, like less of agency, less of like like how to build in, in a good way that would lead to, to a better adoption. One person would say, yeah, I have a great experience inside headset. Like I have a great experience in that world. I wouldn't have like, I don't have that motion sickness because it's built like great in such in such a way that you understand how to um that makes me navigate easily inside the walls yeah and I so um yeah, yeah we believe that by 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 us actually uh slowly building like a good material to support people to build that would be a way to to start this initiative yeah yeah i think i think the, the there is a lot of, of people probably young people who's 
getting out of uh, college or they get the studies and they probably most of them maybe learning about 3D game design or, or even graphic 2D graphics. But the, 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 the fact that when you design for VR, it's still another, another way of designing. And it's probably even closer to how we would design for real life than for a 3D game, video game. Because when you design a 3D video game, even though it's 3D, you still design it to be played on the screen. And so third person's perspective. Yeah, exactly. So I think that there is a lot of of, uh, know-how from the architecture background. And obviously not everyone wants wants to do a master and and spend five years to study architecture. Um, So I think we have a lot we can share on on, from from that side. and obviously also of work from architecture, but I've also for the last 10 years built uh, five or six different VR applications. So I've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't work. And also running studies, having hundreds of participants running through the studies, and that's how you learn what works, what doesn't work in, in VR. And, and so that's what we, we want to, to, to share more with the community and, and, and make sure that people are do the, the same mistake and, and then can build better world, better experience. Uh, so if I, can, um, if I can offer a, a point of summary, I'm, I'm understanding your argument here is uh, noticing a very ironic trend. The people who are uh, learning the skills to develop in virtual worlds are not learning the design skills to develop in, in virtual uh, space. So, uh, people learning the skills in digital worlds, I'm sorry, video games, et cetera, don't have the design thinking, the architecture thinking, which is actually more of a real world user experience skill. Of course, it's not it's not exactly real world user experience skill because you can teleport, you can fly, et cetera. So the, the uh, interface changes a little bit, but still the visual metaphors, the three-dimensional metaphors for moving through a space are much more consistent with architecture uh, traditionally like that's the foundation with our body with our body it's all around the body that the vr is the ultimate medium that only works around your your body and our perception and that that never happened before so yeah yeah yeah, i see so so it makes sense then that you have an architecture background pierre combined with computer science um, and Sonia, you have a design background. You're thinking about user-centric design in this space. So I, I, I love the initiative. I think it goes, it resonates very well um, with my, you know, academic expectation of what sounds like it would be successful. Of course, I have no real <laughs> basis for uh, for understanding how the the business side of these things work. Um, but but I'm sure you guys are killing it there too. And and it seems great. I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, the, the, it's a very young industry, and we we kind of have to to uh, yeah. The, there is the, no no business model. I mean, everything has to be invented, even on that side as well. So so how do you incentivize people to come and build if uh, like there's, there's got to be money coming in. I, I notice on Upworlds, you can kind of rent a space or use a space for a company event, something like that. Is that the, the main revenue generation or what's the plan? Well, at the moment, uh, in order to support our mission, we do um, support a couple of initiatives. Um, but everything that we have inside Upworlds is uh, being built to support builders' uh, longevity. So the first one is we have world renting. 
uh, world renting uh, can go B2B, B2C. Um, it can go, uh, like it can also be like a, the next step of advertising where we get our builders to uh, build like, a, like an experience to support this kind of, um, like, like if they have a logo or, or some of the artists has got, uh, has built a music, sorry, has built a music. Has made a music and then they wanted to. Uh, they feel that oh, my music could support the immersiveness of this world, and this would be the next thing of like how to advertise their 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 music by supporting the walls. And when people come in into the world, they basically also already tapping like the new market, the new set of market. Another way is that uh, most of our builders. Um, we try to um, make sure that we shape them in a way that they build for activity. So um, like a, lo a lot of the in initial builders, they used to build like for games, right? So we're trying to drive that away to from like just, just gaming to an activity base, which is like um, space needs to be beautiful, but it also has to be functional in a lot of ways. And so it could support different activities. And with that, uh, we could, uh, if, if, the, if the space is functional enough, um, a lot of other people who just either coming up into the, uh, into the industry, they wanted to try like a different way of virtual events, virtual activity, they can start seeing the walls and say like, okay, so this, um, this could support my, uh, my virtual events, virtual activities like meditation, like cultural events. Um, some of the people have been asking a lot about like travel events, sorry, travel walls. And so uh, these builders are, are supporting them in that way. That's one of the way that they um, that we build a monetization system for them. The next thing is that a commission build, obviously, uh, where a lot of the people who has like a specific uh, custom wall in mind and they want they wanted to be able to support their product or their service. And they're looking um, for a new way to engage with their new customers as well, like, um, like a product needs like a storefront, an exclusive launch, a company anniversary, like different type. And they want like, oh, I want a custom build that is uh, accordingly to my brand. So that's where our builders also come into the pictures and they could build these people like different stuff accordingly. Um, and then we have the design office hours where people could learn how to build in different platform. So most of the builders right now, they started at least in one platforms. And uh, what we do is that with the idea of having that silk road inside Apples, I think it's nice to be able to um, inspire them to build in a different platform as well. So they understand about like, oh, I can build here, I can build there. So eventually I think what we want is that to have um, this one virtual walls to be able to be implemented in different platform. And lastly, obviously, advertising. We're always looking for people who has product or service and, and they want to embed that experience inside the world. That that would go also into um, that to, to support Apples and to support the creators as well. So it's a very creator, creator-centric um, platform. Interesting. Yeah, and many approaches to kind of uh, sustaining the ecosystem. I'm sure a lot more will come. <laughs> like every day, like new things will, will come. Sure. Uh, talking to different people, um, getting a lot of ideas from it. But at the moment, this is that's what we support. But ask me again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listener. It's me, but I'm an avatar. You probably learn about avatars in this podcast. 
but you can actually try them out, not just in video games, but in spaces like Zoom. I'm using Zoom to record this right now. This avatar I created with Ready Player Me. Remember in episode a long time ago, I talked to Timo Toke, the CEO of Wolf 3D. That's the company that makes Ready Player Me. I took a screenshot of myself with my camera, a selfie, I should say, and I created an avatar automatically, customized it in their app, then I posted it in Animes. That's the software I'm using right now. They are the sponsor of this message and they are giving a 50% discount on subscriptions. You can try it for free, but if you want to subscribe, you enter Sparty Lab as the discount code. That's S-P-A-R-T-I-E Lab. So you can use a Ready Player Me avatar, like I mentioned. You can also upload your own VRM or live 2D models, or you can make avatars right in animes. For example, you could use the Doge avatar. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I mean, it might've seemed like like a, a strange thing at first, but but Dogecoin is, is still making bucks. Um, but you could use the Doge avatar or one of their very cool anthropomorphic animals, such as the Fluffo, the raccoon, totally detailed. Look at this. It's so responsive. People use these types of avatars to stream or go to Zoom meetings or go to, go to court cases and say, I am not a cat. There are also two-dimensional avatars like this raccoon or more anthropomorphic avatars that aren't even animals like this cute pandemic virus right here. Corey, Corey, the COVID. Maybe this one won't win you too many friends. I really like Kathy. She's quite a catch. You could choose whichever avatar you like. And then you could even apply some of the concepts like the Proteus effect or other phenomena related to avatars in the workplace to your uses of these avatars uh, based on what you've learned in this podcast. And once again, if you wanna try it out, Go to Steam, download Animes, try it for free, and then if you want a subscription, you can get 50% off for a limited time by entering Sparty Lab in the discount code. Check it out. Now, back to our conversation with Sonia and Pierre. And Pierre, you're you're building uh, worlds that go into Upworld, so you can earn through this revenue stream, but uh, does MetaChu have a different business model? Yeah, so we, we've, uh, over the, the last few months, we've developed, uh, well, we've designed um, uh, four main type of galleries. We call it template galleries uh, from diff different size, uh, working with different artists and different um, performer. Uh, so we have a, a very large, we call them Meta 7, because there is seven arms which can host different uh, artists, uh, art piece. Uh, but that was a very big one. So then we come up with uh, the five, the meta five that maybe we're gonna uh, visit uh, together shortly. Uh, it has five arms and we run, uh, or, or last event I ran in that one uh, where we were hosting uh, actually one uh, NFT artist who's producing 3D models. So that one is more hosting 3D and I'm sure we'll, we'll see that uh, shortly. And then we also have a, a meta two and a meta one for maybe just one artist. And so 
the, the way we're going to do that, and we still have to update our website for, for that, is to present these uh, galleries as templates that people can uh, can buy. So obviously, we that that was the idea, and then that's we, we then we met uh, Sonia of Upper World that was exactly proposing this. I said, okay, well, we can then uh, use uh, her platform and put those templates there because that's definitely uh, one way we 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 went to uh, we we see. Um, that we were doing the same thing. But then what we observed that really works in VR is the performance, the live performance of uh, an actor or a performer. And so actually next week uh, on Tuesday, we're gonna run our live event, but this time we're taking it on a, on a, on a pure live performance. We're working with a friend of us, which is a magician uh, and also tarot card reader. And so we're gonna have a live tarot reading storytelling but tarot card is just an excuse you see to, to to do to tell beautiful stories uh, about people and so th this is going to be like a, a preview of what we think could be a really cool live performance that we can run on a regular basis on a monthly basis even a weekly basis if people are, are actually really keen to to pay for a uh, card reading experience so that would be that's what we are testing uh, these days that's super interesting. I, I hadn't really thought about the potential for um, interactive art, such as acting and singing and magic and that's, tarot card yeah. reading. Um, oh, that's where we have the most um, enthusiasm from the audience, really. Have you ever seen, um, th this was about a couple of months ago, so one of the creators has built a world to uh, play uh, Aladdin. And like, so they gather like to be inside of it. Yeah, I mean, like the whole story of like Aladdin. So somebody was like, uh, was like dressing up as a, as a genie, Jasmine and Aladdin. And they're like, whoa. It's that's, great. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I think that's definitely there is some potential there. And obviously during the, the lockdown, we, we know that all the, the performer and, and the artists suffered a lot. So they, they were actually really keen to explore uh, the potential of, of using virtual reality to, to show their art. And, and even, even if lockdown is, 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 is getting uh, away slowly, we, this is still a fantastic opportunity to reach out to, to a larger audience, isn't it? it? It's here to stay and it's, it's in a lot more ways. There's nothing, there's nothing going to replace the physical um, activity obviously but in a lot of activities like things are going to get more sustainable affordable that's well, what we're we, doing, i right? mean the, the vr allows us to do things that we can't do in real life as well i mean the, the, there is a you know so we, we, for instance the 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 card the tarot card reading we the world around us will change each time you have a card that's tells the story by the space is telling the story on top of the storyteller. So that's something you can, I mean, yes, you can do in some very sophisticated theater maybe, but um, in VR, it's pretty, pretty convenient to just change the whole environment. Uh, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Super interesting. So, so let's get into VR. Let's, I came in here earlier and I thought, whoa, who are these people I'm meeting with? <laughs> they've sent me to a space with a scary massive snail thing that's ex that's uh that space was uh for the fifth iteration of uh our event 
and there were three different uh, artists invited. Uh, uh, so the, the, the piece you see are from different artists. So the, these one here, Robbie, are uh, from uh, or 3D artist in residence, Pablo, uh, who's having a lot of fun with 3D scans and then bring this here. So is this a scan of a real snail thing or he, and then he like added the teeth? <laughs> no, yeah, no, the, the, I think the snail is a bit of a different, but that, that down there is a potato. <laughs> this is a potato. Oh, of this course is... it's a potato. And actually you can grab it. Wow. <laughs> so if you if you press spacebar, you can or with your hands actually you can probably grab them. There we go. Oh, there we go. There we go. I can move yeah, it. In and you out. can change scale. There you go. <laughs> so that yeah, so like one really nice thing, uh the, the first thing that got me very interested at this when I first talked to Pierre is that um maybe coming from an experience that Pierre had like building in a in a physical world right um the spaces that he built here has gone through like a couple of iterations so every event they do like a I suppose like a retrospective to to see that if uh, if this if if this was could um like could support like the proper events and so every time that they get feedback like it goes through like that that iteration so that like after a while it becomes like um like it's a perfect world to support like a perfect activities like the the height the yeah yeah right? so that, to take to take a, an example on this um obviously we have the the center place here but then we decide to do to go with the ribbon so people cannot fall but then if you follow the ribbon at any time you find yourself in front of this kind of a uh, gate here and yeah. actually this is a gate that takes you uh, and if you follow the ribbon again you can just go downstairs oh. uh, and then downstairs if you go come downstairs this is an amphitheater um, and so that's where we we were running the actually the live performance interesting uh, and so this this is an object also you can grab it and actually you can play and then and then we just play with with that. So obviously, one difficulty when you just have the avatar is you're not always sure if you have, if you if you have twenty people, you don't always know who's talking. But then you could grab one of these objects and then uh, give it to someone and say, "Okay, I'm, I ask the question to you, for instance." Oh, that's and then an interesting we, solution. Yeah, this uh, this amphitheaters came about because we we were. Uh, we were looking for to do a performance and then again we look back into okay how the how performance were made in in architecture and 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 it's quite obvious that the amphitheater has a long history a successful history to to produce a, a theater so this, this is uh this space is so beautiful and it really feels I, I, it reminds me a little bit of the Guggenheim because everything is white and you can kind of go in circles and and find your way up or down. Um, yes. And then, of course, in the Guggenheim, there aren't raining army shadow men. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know this is this is actually not any man. It's the uh, oh, sorry, I forgot the name. The, the, this is a, it, it's a very typical uh, architect character which uh, actually gives the scale of the building 
Oh, I um, see. Interesting. So it's a commentary on architecture. Yes. Um, the forgot the name. I'll come back to the name later. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. I mean, like it. I like art because it makes you feel a little unusual and <laughs> the experience of being in the art and and also being able to walk through the art which of course like I feel <laughs> I feel very guilty doing in a normal art museum you wouldn't be able to do that but but here to just be amongst these tendrils which I, I expect are supposed to be hair it's a very different way of interacting with the art so I completely understand why uh, yeah so it's captivating go on yeah so the sorry the architect modulor that's the name of, uh, modulor, of his, okay. uh, the modular uh, from Le Corbusier which is a famous architect um, but the, the so one just one more word because I have to give credit obviously the to, to the artist behind these uh, monsters. Uh, so this is uh, Owen, uh, and that's the NFT artist who producing those fantastic uh, sculpture. Okay, um, and, and, is, this and, an, and is this an NFT? Is this purchasable as an NFT? Yeah, exactly. So again, if you if you go there and you, you can go on the website and, uh, and actually purchase, so that, that, that's uh, the Maker's Place uh, NFT platform. And you can click on the link there and open the, his page and uh, access to his uh, collections there. <laughs> this is a great example because he's actually always bringing these objects into real uh, place uh, and, and also in, in buildings. And he's now creating the virtual uh, version of the physical place with the, with the sculpture in it. <laughs> Interesting. So, so he's made this in in some uh, physical medium. And well, he he's taking photos of the physical uh, place and rebuilding, uh, doing photogrammetry, like uh, using the same technique we use for the colon in the middle to recreate the place uh, in a digital environment. And then he brings the, the 3D model in it. Um, well, a big example of the the grass there, for instance. Um, and then you can, and then you bring that into VR, so you can actually visit the, the, the whole space as well. So wow! So you could you could buy one of these, uh, and and own the virtual place and in, invite your friend to see the NFT in VR. Wow! This is really really cool. Um, and and so are all of these artists selling their work as NFTs? No, that's that's a particular example with Owen, who's successfully doing that. Uh, he, there is not so there, yeah, it's a, uh, there is not so much uh, still doing that. So it's a whole whole so these, uh, world to explore again. So these other pieces of art here are not for sale as NFTs. No, NFT itself is like a lot of the creators are still trying to. Um, make out and understand about like how do like how does NFT works um, like in general. So if, I think it, I think eventually like in about maybe I don't know like six months down the line. I'm pretty sure we're gonna see a lot more of them. So um so let's talk about avatars for a moment because all of my podcasts if they don't come up we have to get back to it. That's my research area and um and then let's let's connect it to NFTs as well. So. I imagine that there's this 
really cool opportunity for people to own their avatar and take it yeah. from one virtual world to another and have it be unique, maybe designed, developed by an artist. You're working on the world side, the architecture side. But what about the uh, the avatar side? And, and what do you see yeah, happening in that space? That made a pretty good transition for you there. Um, yeah, no, but definitely uh, it's a very fascinating uh, subject. But we, we're using Ready Player Me. Uh, you're probably familiar with, with Ready Player Me. Absolutely. Um, so my, my the avatar I'm supposed uh, to, to wear is, is from Ready, Ready Player Me, sorry. Sorry, most of the builders in Naples, like we use Ready Player Me because we feel that Ready Player Me is, um, well, as much as a lot of our creators and our builders are obviously because they build a virtual world, they, they know how to build avatar as well. And, and that I mean, that's great because a lot of them, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of like avatar builders as well that builds for, um, what do you call this, a VR chat. So a lot of those, but I, why, well, one of the reasons why we choose to go ahead with uh, Ready Player Me is also because like Ready Player Me is now, um, I'm being a little bit marketing here, but <laughs> Ready Player Me now supports about like 60-ish more uh, platform, which is like eventually it can just be like, a, like your digital passport to go into any platform. And it is easier every i think every month or something if i'm not mistaken they're supporting like different type um, they're always like working on the feature to make everything more um natural more realistic so yeah. in terms of yeah. avatar i i personally vouch i guess for ready player fee but but then on 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 another note uh, i've been to really wonderful uh, other world where they really took the time to build their own avatars that goes with the world. You no, know, no. If you go in a little bit more esoteric world, uh, a more fantastic, we, or maybe even actually in our case, if we if we if we had the time and the, the skills, we could, you know, come up with some uh, avatar that goes with the world, um, which would be a bit different. So, uh, but but I, I think what what for, I found very interesting with avatars is. is the, and again, that's the potential of VR is depending on the world, you can change your appearance. Um, and, and that would that, that should be a, that should be the case, isn't it? Then behind that, there is the question of identity. Uh, and, and I'm sure you, you must have a lot of knowledge on that if you are doing your research on Avatar, because that's where we that's where I really want to see how we're going to take this metaverse is not having to sign up on every platform. Uh, have an avatar, whatever the appearance, and then come up with an identity that you can carry around into different place. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Like Sonia said, a, a passport to the metaverse, the interconnected metaverse, it's an identity. I think in some ways, at least the optimist in me wants to imagine uh, the identity bringing your reputation with you and that opening uh, certain doors if you have a good reputation. So then maybe it encourages people to be a little less polarizing on the internet, you know, a little more civil with each other as we are in, in physical spaces. I can walk down the street and talk to some stranger about politics and neither of us are going to call it, call each other names or usually get in a fight. Like probably not as long as, you know, nobody's drinking. Um, but on the internet, uh, the, the anonymity is, 
a catalyst for so much negativity right now that maybe in in the metaverse you're helping to build we can avoid through reputation yeah. systems right yeah yeah no, that's most of our um, community member right now we encourage them whenever they sign up to a platform we actually encourage them that hey we take only ready player me uh, because we would like to have that uh, that passport the digital passport once they create and then they can use it everywhere and that means that we also give them like a like a digital swap that they can actually share around like their social media and um, and other like um, basically any social media that says that hey I'm featuring Apples and I'm I'm building for XX uh, platforms and this is like how I look like and that means that if you suppose that you go into a certain platform and you see this person uh, because this is something that you build out of your face right. So people was like, hey, I've seen you somewhere. Like I, I had I, a couple of times I had that. Like I didn't know this person. And they're like, I remember you by your clothes. They didn't remember me by my face, but by my clothes. <laughs> I remember you by your clothes. Uh, you came to this event. So I was like, yeah, that was me. So we just suddenly built that connection just because of an avatar. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Um, and of course, I mean, it's so natural for humans to recognize each other by by their uh, presentation of self and yeah. it's very exciting it's very exciting oh everything you guys are doing is very exciting it makes me uh want to stay in touch and i hope you you don't mind if i ping you every so often check up on how the project is going um and and, and, and join us to to a, a live event as well oh i would love that okay. i would love that um i'd love to check out some more art i really did enjoy those art pieces at first i was scared by the snail i thought it was going to kill me <laughs> i was like uh, this is not a, a fighting game a zombie game is it but um but that's what art does right and it it's even more meaningful when it's being sold as an nft part of this new economic ecosystem i i need where where do you go to i have not purchased an nft ever but I'd like to. Maybe some of the listeners uh, want to also. So where where would you go to figure out um, what NFTs to buy and and how to buy them? I I did I did buy one and it was from uh, Owen uh, on the Maker's Place. Got it. Uh, okay. There are so, of, like, there are a lot of platforms today, um, but I personally like um, Binance. So, Binance that's, for that's, NFTs. Yeah. For NFTs? For NFTs. I thought Binance uh, was a marketplace for cryptocurrency. Uh, they, they do NFT too now. Okay. So uh, that, and then like, of course, the biggest NFT market, OpenSea. Yeah. So OpenSea. Um, open OpenSea. Mm -hmm. so there is a lot, -E of, a lot of. SEA, the C. So like, yeah. like in any uh, new phenomenon, and sorry, I know we're at time, but um, but I'm I'm so fascinated uh, about this. So, at, like in any new uh, economic phenomenon, it's hard to tell what's going to have value and what won't. So, in addition to the marketplace, where where do you look to to kind of get a sense of of uh, future value? There is no, it's a jungle, really. There is a lot of nonsense and a lot of hype. Uh, so I think, uh, from my understanding, uh, it seems that Twitter is the place to, to be where uh, you can really follow people and, and see what they're saying and follow the community. So that you need Got to it. be pretty active and, and, and track all these uh, NFTs artists. Uh, but 
a lot of debates for sure. In addition of that, um, a, a lot of the things in the virtual walls um, works the same way with physical walls, which is like a lot of the social proof plays a very important role. It's almost like um, if I'm selling a like an like like a remote control NFT, some people would just say like, "What are you selling?" But if like there's about like ten thousand people out there that say that that's expensive, right? Like you probably just gonna start thinking like maybe that is expensive, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then that becomes valuable. So um, this is also something that we uh, we keep on rising up, like in, uh, we keep on like uh, raising this to our creators as well. A lot of the things that you build is um, needs a lot of like needs social proof in order for it to move. So being able to build something, show it to people, reiterate show it to people again, just like how we build product, right? Um, eventually, we'll get to a certain point where we know that oh, this is the one that people like and this is the one that people don't like. And whatever they like, that's going to be the value. Yeah, Great. that's a very important point. Well, well, uh, well done, Sonia, to remind that. And, and I think there is, that's really the, the process is iteration. And, and for us, you know, community of, of builders and, and, and virtual world builders and virtual architect builder, is it's all about iterating, testing, and, and exploring what's out there. I mean, sometimes uh, we are with my co-founder. We work for a week and we don't go in VR, and then we said, "But what, what are we doing? Are we doing VR? Are we creating VR, but we don't experience what's out there." I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So we always have to remind us to to visit what other people are doing, and 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 that's how we learn what works, what doesn't work. It's a lot of trial and error at this point, but doing it together as a community. That's what would make it very easy for, at least easier, for yeah. everyone to grow together. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And you guys are not just part of the community. You're contributing to its growth. And I hope, uh, I hope the community appreciates you. And I, I hope maybe this episode, if you send it around to the community, it will help the community grow further, get people more interested in building and, and participating in the metaverse. So thank you so yeah. much for being on SpartyCast. Thank you so much for having us. We enjoyed yeah. um, talking to you. Absolutely. Really, really All great right. fun. Thank you, uh, Robin, Robindra. <laughs> you can call me Robbie. Robbie. <laughs> All right. No, great. It's, uh, yeah, let's, let's catch up. Uh, let's do it again. Anytime. And just to remind you, please do the survey about our podcast if you listen to the podcast. It's at bit.ly slash Sparty survey. That's bit.ly forward slash Sparty survey, S-P-A-R-T-I-E survey. Okay, that was our episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something about the metaverse, the development of the metaverse. I certainly did. I learned a lot. I learned that the business models for participating in the metaverse are still in flux, right? Very few people are actually using NFTs, but we hear about it in the news and there's great potential for that to support artists in virtual spaces. There's also um, the understanding of virtual events and how these could be an important piece of corporate culture of education, um, the metaverse as this interconnected set of spaces that we can traverse with our avatars. 
meaning just like I can go from, from my lab here to the classroom where I'll be teaching in a half hour. Um, I can jump between these virtual spaces that are designed specifically for the architectural needs of, of whatever's happening in those spaces. And maybe the virtual experiences will be even better than what we have in physical spaces. Maybe there will be ways to kind of enhance the social interactions, the communication that happens in these spaces. It is super exciting. I'm I'm thrilled um, to have this connection and I'm, I'm gonna stay part of this uh, conversation with these two uh, guests, but also hopefully with the larger community. And I hope you do too. Join the Discord channel, join the events that MetaShu and Upworlds put on. And, um, and even if you're not a developer yourself, you can, even if you don't have a, a VR headset, you can still get into many of these worlds. Mozilla Hubs, just check out Mozilla Hubs jump into it on your computer, even your smartphone, you can get into a virtual world like the one that I experienced today in this episode and, and walk around and it might not have the same killer snail in it. Um, or, or maybe, maybe if you want, I can get you access to that too. Shoot me, shoot me a message. Um, but I hope you enjoyed the episode and I hope you come back to Sparty Cast next time. Thank you for tuning into SpartyCast. Goodbye, world.